Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, oh, Theophilus, I was, I was getting a drink and I just started singing to myself uh, a song from The Last Airbender, uh, Fruit from, or uh, Leaves from the Vine. Um, and uh, I somehow morphed it into Red Solo Cup. I, I'm not going to present that because apparently uh, Spotify doesn't appreciate my voice, <clears throat> but um, I'll just let you sit with that and realize that, you know what, the melodies can kind of mesh into each other. Man, it has felt like so long since I last did this, and I'm sorry about the beeping in the background. There's a message on my on our answering machine for my parents to answer. I have not listened to it, but it, I'm not going to touch it. Um, for those who would consider me heretics, just think that as the heart monitor, monitoring the beating of my stone of a heart. I really don't know who that joke was for, but I digress. We are in week three of discussing Hebrews. Actually, no, not discussing. We're digging into Hebrews. We're reading it from a interlinear translation, looking at the meaning of the words to see what is Paul trying to say? Presuming that Paul is her author, of course. Uh, Sermon of Paul is written by Luke or Mark. Um, you don't have to hold to that, so long as you believe it is still in inspired Theonoustos. Also, keep an eye out on my TikTok for a announcement. Tomorrow, I have a debate. I do not know quite yet where it's being hosted on a YouTube channel. I need to get the YouTube channel, um, or I think it's going to be recorded and uploaded there. Keep an eye out, please. <laughs> I'm going to be debating a Haradi Jew upon the messiahship and deity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ooh. So, class, today, <laughs> today we begin where we last left off, with Hebrews 8, verse 1, which reads, Kephalion, Kephalion, de epi tois. <laughs> oh, right, right, Theophilus, uh, neither of us are that fluent in uh, Greek. <clears throat> the sum, or simply sum, there's no definite article, but it is obviously the object. Actually, in fact, from the very grammar of it, it is clearly identified as the object, because it ends in on, meaning first persons, meaning it is the, uh, <clears throat> it is the object, object? Let's get my paper, get my little cheat sheet, because I'm still learning this, Theophilus. Ah, yes, that means, yes, it is the object in the singular object of the sentence, um, such as ton theon. Uh, yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> so, the sum, or summary. Now, of the things being spoken of, such, uh, such we have. We, we have such a, we have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of majesty 
in the heavens. So that's the summary of last week's section, chapter 7. Paul explaining that the new covenant has a new priesthood, and that priesthood is in the order of Melchizedek rather than Levi, quoting a passage that calls Melchizedek a Kohen, the summary being, once again, uh, now of the things uh, of the things being spoken, we have a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens in the holy pl in the holy places is a minister so he's he's a minister in the holy places the holy places the holy of holies ooh and the tabernacle this is interesting if you're following along on bible hub uh, it reads literally and in the tabernacle the true so meaning in the true tabernacle which has pitched the lord not man or which the lord has pitched and not man oh gotta flip around that gar again with verse three every for every high priest in order to offer gifts uh both gifts and sacrifices is appointed wherefore necessary to have something also, for this one, that he might offer. If certainly then he were on earth, not even would he be a priest. That being those offering according to the law, the gifts, who a copy and shadow serve of the heavenly. So here it's saying that, uh, the, the ministers of the Old Covenant, they were a copy and shadow, or a type and shadow of the heavenly reality of the situation. As, divine, as was divinely instructed, Moses, being about to complete the tabernacle, See, for he says, you shall make all things according to the pattern, having been shown to you in the mountain. Now, however, more excellent, hey, <clears throat> has obtained a ministry. He has obtained a min Now, however, more excellent a ministry he has obtained. <laughs> Sorry. Um, as much as also of a better covenant, he is the mediator, which upon better promises have been enacted. For if the first that had been faultless... <laughs> not for a second, would have been sought a place. Oh, uh, switch that around so that you can understand it better. Not would have been sought, not would we have sought, not would God have sought for a second place. If the first had been fault, fault, faultless. There we go. Finding, for finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, and I will ratify with the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah, a covenant new, a new covenant. Not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers of them in the day, um, in the day of having taken hold of, uh, by me the hand of, okay, 
Come on, Stephen. I'm trying to read this. Be more professional. In the day of having taken hold of, of by me, the hand of them, so in other words, the day in which he took hold of their hand, uh, to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in the covenant of me, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this, the covenant, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After, blah, 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 after the, after those days, says the Lord, putting the laws of me into the mind of them and upon the hearts of them, I will inscribe them. And I will be to them for God, and they will be to me for a people. And so not, and no, not shall they teach each other, each the neighbor of him, and each the brother of him, saying, Know the Lord, because all will know me, from the least to the greatest of them. Because merciful I will be towards the iniquities of them, and the sins of them. No, not shall I remember more. In saying new, he has made obsolete the first, that then growing old and aging, near vanishing. Perhaps add, the, add an is in there. That is then growing old and aging near vanishing, referring to the old law, the old covenant. 9 verse 1. Had indeed, therefore, also the first regulations of worship and sanctuary, earthly, <laughs> sorry, earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first room in which were both the lampstand and the table, and of the presentation, the bread, which is called holy, or the holy place, to be understood. Behind, that's meta, so technically that means beyond. Now the second veil <laughs> was a tabernacle, being called the holy of holies. It has the, uh, well, I guess it doesn't have the same form of ending. Hmm, perhaps because it's in the neuter. Um, verse 4. Um, having, gold, having the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant, having been, uh, having been covered around in every part with gold, in which was the jar, of, in which was the golden jar, having the manna and the staff of Aaron uh, that budded, and having the tablets of the covenants, Sorry, uh, the tablet of the covenant. The tablets of the covenant. Ah! Above it then were, cherub were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat, concerning which it is not now uh, to speak in detail. And the time to speak in detail. These things now thus having been prepared, into indeed the first tabernacle at all times everything entered the priests, the sacred accomplishing the sacred servants. So, so, sorry, sacred service services. Ah. 
However, into the second, uh, in however enters into the second, once they however enter into the second once in the year, and only the high priest, not without blood, which he offers for himself and for the people, sins of ignorance. Agnoematon from Agnoeo. A thing ignored, i.e., shortcoming. By this was signifying the Holy Spirit that not yet has been made manifest into the holy places. Um, still, the first tabernacle having a standing, which is a symbol for the t for the present time, in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered. Uh, not being able, uh, in regard to conscience, to make perfect the one worshipping, uh, consisting only in foods and drinks and various washings, ordinances of the flesh, until the time of reformation, ooh, of reformation being imposed. Interesting. <laughs> reformation. Christ, however, having appeared as high priest, Archeros, Ooh. <clears throat> uh, uh, of the good things having come, by the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made by hands, that is not of his creation, nor by the blood of goats and calves, um, through, however, the own blood, or his own blood, <clears throat> he entered once for all, if far if if apad, if apax, if I, ooh, criminy, <laughs> e fa pax. It's a singular word that means once for all time, upon one occasion, into the holy places, um, having re attained eternal redemption. If for the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling, uh, <clears throat> having been defiled, the sprinkling, uh, wait, what? No, sprinkling the defiled, uh, sanctifying them for of the for purification of the flesh. How much more the blood of Christ, who through the Spirit eternal, hims who through the eternal Spirit himself. Uh, offered himself unblemished to God, uh, will purify the conscience of us from dead works in order to serve God, the living God. If the ashes could sanctify the flesh, how much more can the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, how much more will that purify the conscience of us from dead works in order to serve God, the living God? And because of this, of a new, of a new covenant, he is mediator, so that death, having taken place for redemption, um, 
uh, under the first uh, what? Having taken place under uh, ooh, ah, uh, what? Okay, okay, I think what it's saying here is, uh, <clears throat> so that death having taken place, uh, for the redemption of those under the first covenant transgressions. Uh, they might receive the promise, those having been called, of the internal inheritance. For where there is a contract, or technically covenant, uh, it, it's from the same root word as covenant, uh, diathekes, being covenant, diatheke, uh, being, or diatheke, being, um, the word here. Um, it uses will in the interlinear. It's a little bit of an issue because normatively we don't necessarily think of a will as in like a written will. Um, for where there is a, let's, yeah, what did I go with? <laughs> for where there is a contract, death is necessary to establish, um, um, of the one having made it. Um, for... For a will after death. Oh, this is a will. Okay, I see why it's a will. Okay. For... Sorry about that. <clears throat> For where there is a will, death is necessary to establish um, of the one having made it. For a will after death is affirmed... Uh, since not at the time it is in force, uh, when, when the one is, when the one having made it is living. Okay, so this is actually, yeah, this is talking about a will. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I had not read ahead. Shame on me. Um, <clears throat> uh, wherefore, neither the first, apart from, uh, has been in a, Therefore, neither the first has been inaugurated apart from blood. Um, for having spoken of every commandment according to the law of, by Moses, um, to all the people, having taken the blood of calves and of goats with greater, uh, sorry, with water um, and wool and scarlet wool and with hyssop, it's, um, and with hyssop, both itself and the book and all the people he sprinkled saying this is the blood of the covenant to uh toto toto to toto to aima haima Haima tes diathekes, saying, "This is the blood of the covenant, which co uh, which commanded unto you God, in the tabernacle then, uh, and all the vessels of the ministry with blood he likewise sprinkled, and almost with blood." Uh, oh, what? 
And almost with blood all things are purified. According to the law. Um, interesting way to phrase that. <clears throat> according to the law, and apart from the shedding of blood, not, there is, not is there forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's the teaching of this passage. Sorry, Muslims. Sorry, modern-day Jews. God's law was clear on this. It, it shouldn't have had to have taken the New Testament to make it obvious. Without, apart from the shedding, according to the law, apart from shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It is necessary, then, for the representations, indeed, of things in the heavens uh, uh, to be purified with these themselves. However, the heavenly things with better sacrifices than these. Not, for not unto, for not into uh, that which is made by hands, um, for, for that not into the holy places made by hands has entered Christ. Um, copies of the truth, but into itself heaven now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor that repeatedly he should offer himself, just as the high priest enters into the holy places every year with the blood of another. There's an interesting statement. Verse 25. <clears throat> Nor that repeatedly he should offer himself. There is no repeated presentation of the sacrifice. There is no altar Christus to whom God bends the knee and his son comes back down to be re-crucified in the Eucharist to be presented before God. That is a denial of this passage. 25. Nor that repeatedly he should offer himself in the same way that the high priest enters in the holy places every year with the blood of another. Otherwise, it was necessary for him to have suffered repeatedly from the foundation of the world. However, now once in consummation of the ages for the putting away of sin, by the sacrifice of himself, he has been revealed, and in as much as is apportioned to men, for as much as is apportioned to men, one, oh, apportioned to men once to die, rather, uh, after then this judgment, so also Christ once having been offered in order that of, uh, in order to bear of many in order to bear uh, the sins of many for a second time apart from sin, uh, he, uh, will it uh, to the, uh, he will appear to those awaiting salvation? Hmm, second coming, it seems. I need to go to the next chapter. 
10. <clears throat> Having the law for a shadow of the coming good things, um, not themselves, the form of things, of the things, each year with the same sacrifices uh, which they offer uh, to the continuous, is never never able never is able uh for those drawing near to <laughs> uh to perfect to perfect um teliosi meaning to complete to accomplish now note this is contrasting what was said just a, two chapters ago where christ is able wait no is that not yet? Ooh, is that not yet? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I did already read it. This is in opposition of talking about how Christ is able uh, to make perfect. Otherwise, not would they have ceased being offered because, um, because none, uh, because then none, uh, None have any longer a conscience of sins. Those serving, uh, those, uh, those serving once being cleansed. But in these, there is a reminder of sins every year. A um, ni, an anam, an anam, an anam this. Yeah. Indeed, impos indeed, impossible it is for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, coming into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering uh, you have not desired. A body, however, you have prepared me. And that is a direct quote of Psalm 40, verse 6. Uh, let's read Psalm 40. I waited patiently for Yahweh. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord, in Yahweh. Blessed is the man who, take, who makes Yahweh his trust. Who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Yahweh my God, are the wonders you have done. The things you have planned for us no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. The... Hebrew reading is uh, from the Masoretic, I presume, <clears throat> is, uh, but my ears you have pierced. The Septuagint, however, reads, but a body you have prepared for me. Also see Symmachus and Theodotion. Oh, I'm sorry, church history people. That is Theodotion. So let's read first from the Hebrew to see what it uh, gleans. The Hebrew reads <laughs> Az, Az, Azanim 
ears. Um, car, carit, car, carita. You have opened. Uh, li. To me. Theophilus, I've been trying to wrestle for the last minute, figuring out how to explain this textually, critically, and I must simply say, I, I mean, I hold that <laughs> this is, this is, that uh, it's a valid reading. I just don't, I don't have the explanation as to what is going on here. There is sort of evidence to suggest that Perhaps the Masoretic is not exactly the uh, end-all, be-all Hebrew reading. Let's look up how this verse reads in the uh, Dead Sea Scroll. It, the particular verse seems to be without attestation <laughs> from the Dead Sea Scrolls, sadly. But there tends to be the scenario where, in other reading cases, where the Masoretic disagrees um, it tends to be disagreeing with not just the Septuagint, but other uh, textual bases, implying the negative textual variation seems to be within the Masoretic text. Uh, certainly Paul, Pharisee of Pharisees, sought to go with the Septuagint reading, as it was the Bible of the early church. I'm sorry, most excellent Theophilus, that that is the only answer I can give you. But that is something that Jewish people need to recognize when they try to argue against Old Testament quotation. Paul is not quoting the Masoretic Tanakh. He's quoting the Septuagint. It's provable. The, the textual variation lines up. The New Testament, when it quotes the Old, Prove me wrong if I am, is always quoting the Septuagint reading. Why? Because it's in Greek, and it's to those, the diaspora, who read Koine Greek. Back to Hebrews, verse 6. And burnt, offer and burnt offering, ah, burnt offerings, and... Okay, offerings burnt and for sin, uh, not have you delighted in. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me to do the will, to do of God the will of you. Saying above, sacrifice and offering, and burnt offerings, and offerings for sin, you have not have you desired, nor have you delighted in, which according to the law are offered. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do the will of you who takes away the first, that the second he might establish by that will, having been sanctified, are, we, we, are, we are having been sanctified, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all. If I, if, if I pause, if I pause,
And, and indeed, every priest stands every day ministering. And the same offering, repeated sacrifice, and, same, and repeats the same offering. What? Sorry. He repeats the same sacrifices, offers the same sacrifices. Uh, which are never able to take away sins. This one, however, for sins, having offered, uh, having offered a sacrifice in perpetu in perpetuity, sat down at the right hand of God. Henceforth, henceforth, waiting until should be placed the enemies of him as a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those being sanctified. Now bearing witness to us also the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm getting too far ahead with the text. I need to address what was just read. For by one offering he has perfected for all time, those being sanctified. Dianekes. Dianekes. Sorry. Which means to be carried through perpetually. He has perfected perpetually those being sanctified. I, as a non-Calvinist, do have to wrestle with this. <laughs> but we see here the clear declension of the idea that Christ has a sacrifice can, that Christ has a sacrifice that cannot perfect for all time those being sanctified. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, this is a difficult teaching. Who can bear it? Um, but this clearly denies the idea that if your sacrifice of Christ is reflected in the Eucharist, that's a problem. Because it's, it's treated just as the uh, sacrifice of the Old Covenant. It would happen again and again and again and again and again, day after day after day after day but only as a reminder to sins, not a perfection, not a salvation. In the Catholic Church, the Eucharist is offered again and again and again and again, day after day. Does it remind you of your sins, dear Catholic? Because if it's reminding you of your sins, it is not the sacrifice of Christ. And in fact, even if you're going to disagree with my reasoning, biblically, the sacrifice of Christ is not a, not a reminder of sin. He said, eat and drink in remembrance of 
me, of Christ. We're remembering the sacrifice of Christ. The cross, that moment where the wrath of God was poured out against sin. When I look at the Eucharist, I am not looking at myself. I am looking at what God has done in despite of myself. I have hope in communion as a remembrance of the single most important moment in history. The moment that has granted me forgiveness for my sin. That my sin doesn't matter at the cross. It has been absolved. And that is a beautiful reality, Theophilus, that I don't want you to be robbed of. Continuing on, verse 15. Now bears witness to us also the Holy Spirit. For after having said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after the days of those, says the Lord, putting the laws of me into the hearts of them and into the mind of them, I will inscribe them. And the sins of them and the lawless acts of them, no not will I remember any more. There is now forgiveness of these. No longer is there an offering for sin. That being perpetual. There has been an offering. It is available to you. It was available. It is available today, yesterday, tomorrow, forever. From eternity's past into eternity's future, there is a forgiveness bought by the blood of Christ. Therefore, brothers, having confidence uh, for, the, for entering the holy places, uh, for the entering of the holy places by the blood of Jesus, which he dedicated for us uh, in, a new, in a new way, um, and living through the veil that is the flesh of him, and having a great priest over the house of God, we should draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having been sprinkled clean our hearts from a conscience of evil, and having been washed our body with the water pure, we should hold fast to the confession of our hope, firmly Faithful, uh, for faithful is the one having promised. And we should thank one another. Uh, and we should, th and we should thank one another um, towards stirring up to love, agape love, selfless, and to good works, not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves, as is the custom with some, but encouraging, and so much more as you see drawing, and so much more as you see the drawing near of the day. For, for willingly sin we, after 
um, we are to after we are to receive the knowledge of truth. No longer for sins remains a sacrifice. This is the scary verse. This is perhaps the scariest verse in all of Scripture, if you don't understand it in its in tota scriptura. If we willingly sin after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no longer for sins remains a sacrifice. However, a terrifying, certain expectation of judgment and of fire, fury to devour um, about the adversaries. If you understand this just plainly, this is terrifying. This is Catholicism, that the moment that you sin, you lose the sacrifice for your sin, you lose your justification. Except in context, if that's what's going on here, then Hebrews 6.4 is truly a destruction for us. If we don't understand this in context and in the totality of Scripture, this is terrifying. So the gospel has been proclaimed to us. But if we continue to sin, there's no sacrifice. Except the whole point of Hebrews is that there is only one sacrifice. That there can be no other. It says that we lose that if we continue in sin. I'm on a KJV-only anti-repentance discord. And they argued that the context of this is not about Christ. Except that's the entire point of this, is that it is about Christ. This needs to be understood in context and in totality. It's obvious that everyone sins after receiving the knowledge of the truth. But that doesn't mean we no longer have the sacrifice of Christ. The understanding that comes from, well, understanding the rest of the Pauline corpus, which is part of why I put this into the Pauline corpus, because he best contextualizes this and sets this up to be understood. And John helps. Uh, if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. First John 1, 8 through 10. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us. understand that and we see here and we we harmonize this with the unforgivable sin and we see that what is going on here is moreover that unforgivability if we continue to sin if we remain in sin and do not repent of the fact that we are sinners and and are not chastened to Christ. If we do not respond to the gospel, if we continue on in our sins, then I am afraid if we are unrepentant unto death, there is no forgiveness. There cannot be. There remains no sacrifice. How can it be applied to that which has denied it unto death? 
there remains no sacrifice for sins. However, a terrifying and certain expectation of judgment and of fire and of fury that devours the adversaries of God. This is a sad teaching. But this is a true teaching that requires listening to, that requires certainty. Because we're talking about salvation here. This requires certainty of what that means. Otherwise, we may be easily led astray. Reading on, verse 28. Anyone having set aside the law of Moses without mercies on the basis of two or three witnesses, he dies. How much worse think you uh, that he will deserve a punishment the one who of the Son of God tramples upon the blood of the covenant, um, esteeming it ordinary, by which he was sanctified and the Spirit of grace having insulted, having insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know the one having said, Mine is vengeance, I will repay, and again I will judge. Uh, the Lord, or sorry, and again will judge the Lord, the people of him. I can say indeed to verse 31 that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. To be a wretched, hopeless sinner in the hands of a God who declares wrath against the sinner. 32. Remember, however, the former days in which, having been enlightened, a great conflict of sufferings you endured. This, indeed, by revelings, both uh, both by revelings and tribulations, being made a spectacle. <sighs> this, now, this now partners um, of those thus passing through them, having become... Uh, for both with the prisoners you sympathized and the plundering of the possessions uh, you with joy accepted, knowing yourselves to have a better possession and a, <clears throat> a better possession and abiding. Throw away not, therefore, the boldness of you, which has a great reward, for of endurance you have need. So that the will of God, uh, having, so that the will of God, having done, having done, the, having done the will of God, double check time, yeah. So that um, the will of God, having done, so that having done the will of God, you may receive the promise. <sighs> I it's these passages that it's like. This is where we see that tension between God's eternal view, God's eternal view of salvation, and man's temporal view of salvation. Calvinism and Arminianism, respectively. Let us marry the two together and see the harmony. 
the unity. Ah, Stephen, you're a synergist. I'm just reading what scripture seems to be testifying here. And I'm just trying to exposit what I see scripture testifying here. I'd happily take on the counter-argument. But how could Paul say, Throw away not therefore the boldness of you, which has a great reward, for of endurance you have need, so that the will of God, having done, you may receive the promise. How can he say that if there's not an implicit that you can throw away the boldness of you? That of endurance you might not have, and therefore do not do the will of God, and therefore do not receive the promise. You forsake it. This is the tension I see in these passages. Verse 37. For yet um, a little while, for yet a very little while, the one coming will come and will not delay. However, the one, uh, the one righteous of mine, uh, by f the one righteous, the one righteous of mine by faith will live. Uh, ooh. Okay, this could be read the righteous one, or the, so this is either a person or the righteous. Uh, by faith we live. We'll live by faith. Uh, and if he might shrink back, not takes pleasure the soul of me in him. Ooh, that's actually a really good one. That's a great... <laughs> this is what I get for not reading ahead. Hypostel... Hypostelletai. Hypostelletai. Uh, which means to cower, shrink, conceal, to withhold under. So that he might shrink back, cower away. So it's... It says that if we shrink back and cower away, that not takes pleasure in the soul. That, 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 I can hear it just presents my counter-argument to Calvinism. How about that? There's a way to put that. <laughs> 39. However, we, uh, oh, we, however, we, however, not are of those drawing back to destruction, but of faith to the preserving of the soul. You call that Calvinism, I call that the eternal reality of those who are saved. That from the eternal perspective, they are not of those who uh, shrink back. But they are of the preserving faith, the immaculate grace. Eleven verse one, and we'll end with this, because we just talked about faith. Now is now uh, now is now faith is uh, of things the assurance of things hoped. Uh, what? Yeah, of things hoped for. Um, conviction, not. Uh, Conviction not being seen. 
um, in for in this were commended the ancients. This is now faith. Uh, this is now faith. That is the assurance of things hoped for, uh, the conviction of that which has not been seen. In this uh, work, for in this were commended the ancients. And that's where we'll pick up next week. That is where we will go into a long laundry list of saints. Questions and answers time. Well, Theophilus, I was hoping to have a Q&A segment today, but nobody asked questions. If you have a question, comment, concern about this program, uh, my TikTok, that's what that's called, is uh, Stephen the Stowell, all one word. Uh, Stephen with a V, Stowell, S-T-O-W-E-L-L. You can you can either ask that on videos, notify that it's for the podcast, uh, DM me questions, or stick around, check on Fridays for when I upload my video, or comment on Fridays so that they'll be recent in my comments. So let's do a little uh, housekeeping, I guess, Theophilus. Um, so we're on episode, uh, I think, uh, 11 or 12 now of season one of Most Excellent Theophilus, I am contemplating, I've not put much thought into it in sincerity, but I kind of have it in my head that <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat that I do 20 episodes and have a short little break. Um, and then season two starts. Um, thinking about it, knowing how much I long to uh, be able to do these programs at times, because um, I love sharing these things with you, Theophilus, for your edification and your um, continuation in your sanctification. Um, I, I feel that drive to do this program. Um, and I like doing it. I like doing it. Um, at that same time, I want to have structure, um, I'd like to have a concisely numbered season, I think 20 is like a pretty alright place, I don't know, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should continue on, I don't know, uh, with season one. I by no means feel burnt out. Um, I just struggle to actually find something to have as topic. Um, I'm not getting a lot of questions or comments these days on TikTok at all that I could respond to. Um, there's not much hyper-controversial stuff occurring at the moment for me to comment on. This is sort of a symbiotic situation, Theophilus. I, 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 I literally ask you guys to tell me what you want. 
with my Q&A videos. And that then fosters me being able to speak on things that will help you. And I want to do that so badly. I, I want to glorify God in building up his church. But as a gun cannot shoot without bullets, I cannot conduct this podcast without something to be commenting on, without questions to answer, without things to be discussing. That's part of why I decided to do Hebrews. That and it became a very serious issue of someone who did not understand the nature of the covenant that I felt I needed to comment on for the good of the order of you, Theophilus. So I don't know. Maybe I hit that 20th episode mark and next week is the start of season two of Most Excellent Theophilus. Maybe I hit the episode 20 mark and I take a short Sabbath from Most Excellent Theophilus. Maybe I put something in its place. I, I don't know. I do not. If I knew Theophilus, I would tell you and I would do it. But I am a man of uncertainty. I would ask that you pray for me, Theophilus. For guidance. Clarity, certainty. I don't know what God has in store for me. For this program. I'd hope that the seed is planted and it's watered and that it's God who gives the increase and that it would increase and that I would reach more people. I'm scared of that because in doing so, more weight is going to be on my shoulders. But I want that. I want to reach more people. I want to see an impact. I want to see a growth of the church, of the body of Christ. I want Most Excellent Theophilus to join in the small sea of the last bastions of podcasts that are sharing biblical truth. bastion, a, a refuge from podcasts, from preachers that speak grave and ancient heresies, who doubt the validity of scripture, who twist its words to suit their own perverse desires. I want to join the ranks of those who stand in opposition against those vile works. And not for my own edification, but because I have a great passion for the truth of God and for his gospel, for his message. And I want you to be there with me, Theophilus, seeing the great things that God has in store for me. If indeed anything near that is what he has in store for me. But all is as God wills. I will go where the current takes me. Because, Theophilus, as for me and my house, I will serve Yahweh. And now 
we get to our mainstay. <laughs> Aside from the intro. Everything else between the outro, or the intro and the outro, uh, can be whatever God wills. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 12. Jesus spake these things. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you on account of Christ. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Go in the peace and love of our great high priest, the author and enactor and sacrifice of our new covenant. Go in that grace and that peace. May God bless you and keep you and chasten him, chasten, sorry, chasten you to himself. Stay in the word, for it is the Theonoustos, and it is sufficiently tailored to make you able to do the righteous work of God. I exhort you to the word of our great Lord and Savior and go in the peace we have in Christ Jesus. <laughs>